You're listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. Welcome to a brand new episode of the 9to5 Entertainment System. If you enjoy 9ES, and I know you do, there aren't many of you who listen to the show, but I know that you are listening to it because you like it. And if you enjoy it, you should go to patreon.com slash 9to5cc and support us. Uh, you can give us a buck a month with the basic level, or you can subscribe to the 9ES Deluxe I Love 9ES Superstar level. Uh, if you subscribe to that level, you get access to Garbage Time, which is a bonus episode that we record after we record the main episode. Uh, but then the episode of Garbage Time that you would listen to this week would be to us talking about Lou Fisto and uh, talking about some festival fun, uh, both the Highland Games and Oceaga. Equally important festivals. But on this, the main episode, we talk about uh, podcasts and celebrities, some hockey talk. We talk about Taskmaster, we talk about the Flash movie, uh, Spider-Verse, we talk about the history of the sexiest man alive magazine people thing, and uh, then we finish off with uh, talking about Scott having watched John Wick 4. All this and probably a little bit more on 90S. saying scott is we need an unpaid intern i mean or wow. start paying us <clears throat> or we need to get like some kind of weird accreditation and <laughs> that you can put on quotes to get those kinds of jobs because apparently there's some assholes out in la just people just throwing money around and well and that's that's the messed up part so when we had um when we had yannick on from the 12 formerly of the 12 yeah podcast now he just yeah. does libre de vue he was like he's like podcasting is it's difficult for guys like you and me, <laughs> Scott, because they were like, oh, yeah, because like it used to be anyone could start a podcast and just sit there and record like, you know, yep. you're listening to episode 290 something of 90s. Thank this you. This is so 291. 291. Thank you for that, listener. Uh, and yeah, and we started before you had to be famous to have a podcast. But like now you basically have to be famous to have a podcast. Like even 12, yeah, they were like they were at the point where even as a local like french speaking and we know obviously that like the french community supports french comedy french like music all all that stuff really well they went on like a tour through quebec multiple times selling tickets to live recordings of their podcasts and even then once the like real like celebrity boom happened they were like our numbers dropped off to the point where it was like no longer worthwhile for us to really kind of consider doing it it's wild <laughs> the same way and they were like we we had the listenership we had the everything of like Hey, maybe this is going to become our jobs. And then they were like, "No, actually. Now only like every French comedian has a podcast and you guys are just the idiots who started a podcast for fun." Like Yeah, uh, but like those comedians and celebrities there's no like comfort there. There's no history or loyalty. Like I listen to a few of those and it's in and out, and I'm so quick to trash them if a couple episodes go bad. I'm like, boom, you're off the feed. I don't care. <laughs> I'm I'm done. There's no like warm feeling of comfortable familiarity yeah. that I have with a lot of like my geek comic book podcasts mm-hmm. that go back yeah, 10, 15 years. I, I genuinely, even if I stop paying attention to hockey, I listen to Puck Soup. Like if I'm not even following along, <laughs> you yeah. know, like like if I'm not following along with the actual news of hockey. I'll listen to Puck Soup and be like, I wonder when, what went on in hockey. 
And just because you're like, yeah, just listen, listen, I can listen to like Sean and Ryan just shoot the shit for two hours and talk a little bit about hockey. They've I consume exponentially more hockey podcasts than hockey games. I bet. Yeah. You, listen, you listen to Athletic Daily, right? <laughs> like, Four out of five days. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's it. I listen to. Plus listen, Puck Soup, uh, plus 32 Thoughts. Yeesh. I listen to I listen to Friday Athletic and Puck Soup. It's basically the hipst, indie hipster. <laughs> I listen Friday, to indie hipster hockey podcast. You don't do Sean and Ian? No. I sometimes. Down goes, down goes Brown is, is, is not bad with Ian Mendes. No, I, I'll, I'll bet. But I'm just saying, I was like, it's, that's a lot of, it's a lot of Mac and do. <laughs> and I'm like, I mean, I'm here for it. I don't know. Except for his constant shitting on Canadians fans. Well, man, he throws out a lot of shit. For me, it's always just like rib shots. For me, the, the, the Mac and do experience is largely like, I'm always like, you want to know what Mac and do's take is? He's like, maybe, or maybe not. That's Mac and do's take about everything. <laughs> like either this is the greatest signing we've ever seen or a year from now, they look so stupid. Signed, Sean McIndoe. I'm like, he's so, so wishy-washy. And I know it's because he eats shit online all the time. So yeah. he's afraid to ever, like, he's afraid to have too hot of a take. But, like, he, I, don't, I cannot remember the time he took up weird, like, at least, like, Ryan occasionally has, like, dumb takes. But, like, he gets behind them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he'll dig in. <laughs> and he's like, this is stupid. This will age terribly. <clears throat> and every now and then he's like, yeah, I was wrong. They say this, I'm yeah. a complete idiot, and I was wrong on this one. Um, McIndoe and Mendez, especially for me, because they're they're just my age. So they talk about like the 1989 Calgary Flames run to the mm-hmm. cup, and I'm like, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> that was good times. Um, who is it? The what's the other one? The other one I listened to. Why am I blanking? On the Athletic. Yeah, yeah. The one that just did the. The, the theme song. So there's the American show. Yeah. There's Monday with uh, Julian and Ian. Yeah. He's, he's the Montreal guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah Moves out to Calgary. See, I, yeah, so that's it. I listen to the Monday one every now and then. There's the Russo one, which is not my favorite one. Yeah, no, it's Julian and Ian. Yeah. The, that was the that were that was the one. Uh, Julian McKenzie was like, "Oh crap, you're right." When they said that, like, what, <clears throat> um, what NHLer could like do a stint on SNL mm-hmm. and like they were like, cause I think that came up with the fact that, Oh my God. Sorry guys. Listen, listener. I was at three days of Oshiaga and my brain is mush and I just spent the day at the spa. So like names are not coming to me. Florida Panthers breakout star after the trade. Matthew Kachuk. Kachuk. There we go. I was like, it's not Keith Kachuk. <laughs> He would be terrible on SNL. <laughs> but like, but Matthew Kachuk, like being kind of like, like some of like the hammier interviews and being kind yeah. of funnier. They were like, oh, whatever. And they're like, what other NHL are? And I was like, listen, I'm like, I sent that clip of Brendan Gallagher during the pandemic where he was doing the lip sync to Brooklyn Nine-Nine with the like, you are my pa. And he's like doing all the parts and the Sandberg and stuff like that. He's like, he's like, that's, he's like, that's a genuinely funny clip. <laughs> like, he was like, that's like, he's like, that's not an NHLer like trying to be funny. And we're supposed to think it's the greatest thing in the world because an NHLer kind of did a little meme. He's like, that's great. He's like, I really should have thought about Gallagher as a, as a Montreal guy. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, it's Subban. Subban's very funny. For sure. Did you, did you see last one, last one laughing? I did. The Canadian version. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just, Subban showed up bare assed yeah. to try to make him break. I, 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 my take on last one laughing is uh, that 
Tom Green threw it to Colin I think Knocker. so too. I think so too. Everybody, everybody I know who watches it is like, no. He was like, I'm, I'm here with the comedy legend. We could, go, we could both go forever. And and only people who are gonna be interested in seeing me go forever are real fucking sickos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I think we talked, we, we may have talked about this on the podcast, like whenever it came out a year or two ago or whatever, but I was like, if you had, if you, when they described the last comic standing or last, last, last one laughing, laughing. Uh, premise, right? Cause I think it was started as an Australian show or a British show. A or British show. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Cause they've, they've done them internationally all yeah. over the place. Like if you were to describe to me that show and then say like, who's the Wayne Gretzky of it? I'd be like, Oh, Tom Green. Yeah. Like Tom Green, well, you can have descend into absolute lunacy madness screaming funniest shit like everything and just like stone-faced like him and probably if i had to go like like uh if we're gonna do the the, the leon dreisaitl Connor mcdavid or whatever if you're gonna say who are like your mm-hmm. two or nate mckinnon somewhere like eric andre i think is way up there also yeah like and again like if just but I feel that Eric Andre occasionally breaks, like even on the Eric Andre show. Whereas, like when you watch the Tom uh, Green show, it um, never breaks. They had they had Dave Foley on the show, but it's um what? the the other one of the new ki- uh, kids in the hall, um, Bruce. Bruce, Bruce could probably go also. That would be that yeah, would be Bruce, rough. And Bruce McCullough just like acting so insane, be like, "Why do you hate me?" And just like staring you like dead eye contact. Yep. It's the maintaining eye contact and not cracking. Like yeah. like poor May Martin. She looked so upset. She looked so hurt. Her body was rejecting what was going on. No, I can't. That was the cheese, delicious cheese, delicious cheese sandwich. And it was like, like it, and like it was green, zeroing in on her. Like he was just sort of like, oh, this is a delicious cheese sandwich. And you saw her eyes be like, no. And then like green was like blood in the water. (laughs) Exactly, just like like a shark just zeroing in on May Martin. Oh, she. She looked like she was getting slapped by every one of those jokes. Like her eyes were watering yeah. and she was stunned each time one of them came at her. Yeah, so funny. Oh, uh, man. <clears throat> yeah, if Bruce McCullough was on that he'd be, next he'd be season, I think he would, be, he would be tough. There, like we, so we watched the Canadian one and I think we watched the Australian one. And I was like, yeah. I, I feel like the show needs something else. Familiarity, familiarity well, really helped with the Canadian one. Well, no, but but even the Canadian one, I was like how it descended into, I'm just throwing shit and saying shit. Like it, it just like there needs to be some kind of like more games or something. You know what I mean? Like instead of just being like go and it's like a weird endurance thing and it's like because like a lot of people are just like yelling like pee pee caca poo poo at the end of it. Like regardless of even like yeah, the yeah, funny, funny kind of like like a Mario Party aspect to it. Yeah, exactly. Like like that like. Like even if you just had to do like um, like you know like the improv warm up like mm-hmm. well, like one word sentences or like one word stories where you have to like go around like that right like one day I went to the store I like and like rapid fire like for sure someone's trying to get the right word in to make Break you somewhere. crack and it's a little game you know and you're like that's what's happening for the next like you have to and like people would drop like flies like in mm-hmm. stuff like that I think is what the what that show would need of like, yeah, there's the, the element of you're just hanging out, trying to make each other laugh. But then like every hour there'll be like a challenge or something and like make, and, but make yeah, the like challenge. A little, a little Mario party challenge. Yeah. Little, you have to bake a cookie. Whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, then you, then you start getting into taskmaster territory though. Have you started watching taskmaster? Yet, I have Scott? not. 
You should. It's all on YouTube. Yeah. It's all on YouTube, and it's the funniest, funniest shit. Like, because that's only Mario Party mini games, right? Like, it's <laughs> and like open to interpretation. Also, a lot of them. Like, like what was it? One was just sort of like, like m- make a machine to throw a coconut. Like furthest and most elegant wins. Most elegant. <laughs> nice. And then it's like, and then it's like one, like it's Greg Davies as the taskmaster, is the one judge of like, so like <laughs> furthest is like one thing, and then elegance, and then compare them against each other. Like it's shit like that is great. Like just awesome. Nice. Just, I'm here for it. Yeah. Only only dumb Mario Party mini games. Speaking of dumb games, mm-hmm. I watched The Flash yesterday. Uh, with the artist formerly known as Ezra Miller. Artist. That's a s- <laughs> that is not a title I'm going to give to him, so regardless of his personal horribleness. Things I know about The Flash. One is that they tried to gaslight everybody in advance and tell us it was the greatest, right? Like there was so Yeah, it's much, absolutely not true. There was so so much hype and like people like in the know even James Gunn, who should know better, but I guess like has to has to get that big DC money. Mm-hmm. I said it was like, oh, it's really good and blah, 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 blah. There was like all the, all the pre-hype. They, like I said, they literally, um, who was that trade that we did last year? Florida Panthers. We traded a guy. Oh, um, uh, for, our defense, Ben Sherratt. Yeah. For the first it, round pick. It was, it was, it was the Ben Sherratt thing of like, they were just sort of like, if we only say Ben Sherratt is going for a first round all season long, People will believe it. Like and DC, then it happens. DC was trying to do that with The Flash. They were like, if we just say it's a blockbuster and it's the greatest superhero movie of all time, maybe it will be. But unfortunately, like it wasn't like a trade. It was as soon as people started seeing it, they were like, oh no, this isn't good at all. So, all right, here's here's the number one thing. I, I really want Warner Brothers, DC Studios, uh, DC Comics to understand this. Barry Allen is not Bruce Wayne. Mm -hmm. The idea that his father was accused of the murder of his mother, that's a defining moment in his life. It was, it was not great in the, the CW show. Mm -hmm. And it was really bad in the movie. He is not a tortured soul. He did not turn to superheroism to like avenge his family. Nobody cares. It's always a bad plot point. Mm-hmm. Flashpoint was fine as a comic book, but not great. It's not an all-timer. It's not the Dark Knight. It's not Dark Phoenix saga. Mm-hmm. It just happened, and some people were like, that was weird. Well, Stop. I mean, it, it was... Stop it's, it. It, I, I think, like, Flashpoint, to me, as a non-DC guy, was just like... <laughs> Kind of stuck out as like, oh, we're, it's it's a, an event for event sake. Like it kind of sure, yeah. Like you were doing just, you were doing Flash comics, and you had like a thing where you're like, everyone's gonna go do their own Elseworlds comic, and it's not gonna be out of numerical order. Yeah, right. Thomas Wayne is Batman. Blah yeah. blah blah. It, stop it. It's done. I don't. Flash has has got to get away from this as the beginning and end of who Barry Allen is Mm -hmm. because you already did that perfectly with Bruce Wayne yeah there's and not only did you you did it to death with Bruce Wayne 
every single person who writes or films or animates a Batman story has to put Crime Alley in there. Are we going to do Crime Alley? We're going to do Crime Alley. Well, we have, have to, to do, do Crime, Crime Alley. Alley. And it's it's pearls on the floor, <laughs> and, and it's just stop it with the Flash. You and then when you have... You, you saw the Batman, <clears throat> right? Yep. Okay. Yeah. That, oh, yeah, because that's it. We, 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 we've talked about it, but we've stayed a little bit general because just... I mean, we spoiled it, I think, last week, maybe. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> with, with John. The carpet. Yeah, yeah. That's so stupid. Other, otherwise, great. I'm very excited for that, that world. But, <sighs> and to the credit of that, they spent as little time as possible on the Thomas and Martha bit. Like, yeah. It's, it, it's got to be there, but it's really like... We just... We know... Batman's a weird emo. <laughs> like, like that's like that's yeah. who he is. It's fine. He lives with his butler because his parents are dead. You don't need to see the trauma of a ten-year-old, yeah, watching his parents die every single time. Yeah, and you definitely don't need that for Flash, and you definitely don't need that for Ezra Miller's version of the Flash, where he's on the spectrum, mm-hmm. and and that's that's a fine character deviation to make. Mm-hmm. I don't particularly hate that right but you don't need to do that with the murder of his mother mm-hmm. and and it's it's a bad plot point i'm tired of it i, I don't want to see it again and i'm i know i will and i'm fucking pissed off about it <laughs> ezra miller is insufferable in this movie he's he's not funny <clears throat> and there's two of him and he's laughing at his own jokes the whole way through he's he's so bad in this movie that even Michael Keaton has no way to carry the scenes that they share together. Mm-hmm. Like you're like, oh, he's, I'm so glad Michael Keaton is back. It's Batman, and when he comes and he does his, you want to get nuts? I'm Batman. Like it's so already covered in swamp water that you just don't care. Yeah, I heard. I heard like, like even the even the, even the Keaton stuff feels flat. Like, and you're just like, and it's. It's not, because, not it's necessarily because, Keaton's fault. <laughs> like, it's because Ezra Miller spends so much time like, laughing at his own jokes, one character to the other, one version of himself or the other, mm-hmm. that when Michael Keaton comes out and he's he's going to do the thing, he does the thing, you're like, I, I just don't <laughs> care. The only thing that I really liked about Keaton's presence on screen was the director's decision to... like pump in high volume, high presence, the Danny Elfman theme. <laughs> like, rah, rah, rah. like uh, that's great. Just every time he's the, he's around, anything he time he, the music changes, the whole thing goes back to eighty nine theme great. and like yeah, you get it. The CG is uh, bad. The I'm CG told. is really bad. And yeah. like it's so bad that you you have to think that that's what they're going for. Like it doesn't. I don't know. I don't, I don't believe in anything anymore. Ever since I saw Ant Man three, I I feel that like these but no Ant Man thought they were doing something good, and they thought so. they were covering up their mistakes badly. They didn't. They failed at that. <laughs> but it looks so much like a PlayStation three game. The CG. Yeah. That like, I saw the big the big CG like the CG Ultra Cameo Fest. When they are having the infinite realities that has right, they're so plasticky that they can't have thought that that was correct real they yeah. had to they had to assume it was like oh my God, I a wanna stylistic spoil, I choice. I want to spoil Spider Verse for you so badly. I mean, don't. I'm not, we'll go see that soon. But I mean, it's out on VOD. Can I spoil a cameo? Sure. 
Okay. So when they get to the like uh, Miguel's infinite base, <laughs> spiders, whatever. The, the Nexus of Spider-Man. Thing. Yeah, 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 that that thing from the comic or whatever. And they're like they, they've they've captured various like deviations and stuff. You see, uh, the Childish Gambino, Don Glover, in like the Prowler costume, like like <laughs> like live like live action, <laughs> like it's not like not CG. It's just like him sitting in a cube. And like, Miles Morales is like, hey, and <laughs> like, and Glover's like, what's up? It's rude to stare. Like and then like gives him <laughs> gives Miles Morales the look, whatever, which is amazing. Like Great. just just as a as a general as a general cameo, but it also technically puts him into the MCU firmly, right? Because he already mm-hmm. is in No Way Home. No Way Home, the first one. Yeah, exactly. That's it. And it would make sense that from the future or whatever else like that, like he hasn't become Prowler yet, right? Like because yeah. he said he said like, oh yeah, I'm like my nephew Miles is a big fan or whatever. So. Yeah, I was like, it's just like that that cameo of Donald Glover as in in the Prowler costume, just sitting there, like live action, in because there's all the different animation styles I still mean, going on. Like the the thing with the Flash is he ends up kind of destroying the multiverse with his time travel shit talking, right? And like going back to like change things, but it's not even butterfly effect. It's like the the fact of changing some time changed all time it changed all the the multiverses and they bop around they show adam west as batman yeah i saw saw that that i I saw a cut of like all of the cameos yeah of like of all of the different like running around the bomb george reeves is superman like they 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 just kind of flash this stuff on the screen but it's 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 plasticky it's bubble wrap it's it's so and then finally and then finally at the end we get Clooney back (laughs) <laughs> which is which is just the most perfect end for this shitty version of the Flash. You're like, here's the shittiest Batman. Because he comes back, and not only does he is he historically the shittiest Batman, mm-hmm. but he does specifically that thing that he did as Batman that made everyone jump on him. That kind of like smirky, half-assed, wise-ass smile, mm-hmm. and like it's it's so pointed. It can't not be on purpose. Yeah. Like, what's the matter, Wally? You look like you've seen a ghost. Hmm. Yeah. And that, that smirk hits the screen so like, <laughs> yeah, I'm George Clooney, and I know I did the shitty movie, and I'm doing the thing that everyone on the internet bashed me about. But, <laughs> like, but now does this mean I'm Batman in the DCU? <laughs> right, like, uh, um. They can just leave it alone. It can be a new Barry and also, a new... Also, new... does, does the DCEU not understand that Man of Steel is not beloved? Because I don't think they do. Because they, they made Man of Steel and they're like, yeah, Henry Cavill is Superman forever. And it's perfect. And I was like, uh, I'm pretty sure Superman killed a guy. <laughs> and also watched his dad die rather than like expose his secrets. And that movie is deeply flawed. Yeah. And then they brought it back for the Justice League yeah. as a major plot point of like Bruce Wayne watching the Metropolis get exploded. You yeah, know, that was Batman v Superman first. Batman v Superman. Then, then right, they bring right. it back. Then he dies. Then he dies. And they bring it back. Then they bring it back, back for Justice League. Yeah, it's like. And then they did it again for Flash, where they find out what Flash was doing during Zod, and like they because he's gone back. back in time, 
and goes back in time to the point where Zod is taking over there. It's not that good. They're trying to make it their well, because like they're 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 trying to make it the Battle of New York and Marvel, right? Which is that like, oh, this event, this event changed the universe, you know? Like, but even in Marvel, they don't go back and reshow it again. They just uh, the Battle of New York pops up a lot, but like, not not in flashbacks where everyone gets involved and everyone shows what they were doing. They just kind of reference it as a mm, thing that okay. So think so. It has shown up in. Beginning Avengers. of, oh, obviously, in, in happens in Avengers. Happens in Avengers, but I'm saying it's then impacted. You see, it's Hawkeye. Hawkeye, you see it again. Vulture is when he's cleaning up again. Okay, but that's after the fact. They don't go flashing back to it. They use it as a historical touch point. Sure, but then they, but they still, but they flash back to him at the cleanup site getting the alien tech after the battle. After the battle, sure. Which I'm not going to count that because Hawk, you, it, you never flash- saw what happened for the cleanup. Sure, but I'm just saying, but at the same time, they flash back to it in Hawkeye. They obviously, they, they f- go back to it uh, in Infinite War, or Endgame, one of the other ones. What, Endgame. No, Endgame, Endgame time, travel. time Travel. They go back to it, and I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I'm just saying, like, they do, like, they often return to the Battle of New York, because I think, like, the Battle of New York has became the, like, this is when all of, this is when the MCU came together. Right, like when it stopped being individual movies yeah. and started really being like a shared universe. So I think they keep going back to that as they're like, remember when it, this happened? But again, difference being, but at Avengers, the same time, Avengers is a was a very good movie <laughs> and well liked. Fun liked. to watch, well liked, <laughs> not horrible, not full of things that made you dislike the rest of the franchise. Yeah, exactly. That's it. No, fuck. I just don't. The the thing that the trailer did to try to sell you on it, being like Michael Keaton is there and look, yeah. it's all this other crazy. It's not that. It's a lot of Ezra Miller moping around because his mother died, dealing with time travel stuff with the past version of himself. So there's double Ezra Miller on the screen a lot, <laughs> and a lot of like real dumb tongue in cheek and bad CG lines like. It's like in Back to the Future with Eric Stoltz. Oh, man, I love that movie. Eric Stoltz wasn't in Back to the Future. Yes, he was. Oh, no, I fucked the world up. Like, It's not that clever. That's not such a good line. I can't believe you spent five minutes of screen time <laughs> arguing Michael J. Fox and, and Eric, Eric Stoltz. Eric Stoltz. Like, what? it's, it's a sure lot. sure Kevin Smith didn't write this. Yeah, no, it, feel, <laughs> it feels a lot like 2023 Kevin Smith... Like comic writing, comic writing, like jokey <laughs> writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Four joints into the day, widening, writing. widening gyre. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and the the Michael Keaton stuff is, it's fun, but it's not as long or powerful or important as you think it is. Apparently, Supergirl's okay. I mean, she's fine, but not given not given time. But I'm heard though that they were like that's. Like the what I heard was just sort of like Supergirl was okay, and like I could have really used a lot more of her and a lot less of Ezra Miller. Like just like not to say that like she necessarily gets a ton of time, but I guess maybe Ezra's just so insufferable and full of all of the screen. Where you're like, there's this character who seems to have like the beginnings of a good character, but not at all fleshed yeah, out. Yeah, I mean her introduction of like almost um, Red Sun kind of style Superman. Okay. Is fine, or what's the um, the Elseworlds comic where England won the Revolutionary War and Batman? It's a Batman Elseworlds comic. Gotham by Gaslight? No, it's set in modern times, but under 
the United States is still a, a British yeah. colony. I don't recall. It's like the second or third Elseworlds book. Yeah. And this is, like this Super, is Superman is kept in a is is captured when as soon as he lands and is is kept in mm-hmm. a military installation mm-hmm. and like is completely wasted away by the sunlight. They, they mm-hmm. just rip that whole thing off and introduce Supergirl. Mm. It's a bad movie. Don't watch it. There's nothing redeeming. Gonna. And because the DCU is getting completely restarted, there's no, there's no there's even no like plot point, point to be made and aware. And we of. didn't talk about the one part that was kind of lost, which is that we got to see weird Nick Cage fighting a big spider. A big spider. <laughs> like <laughs> he's got to fight a giant spider. <laughs> which is, I think, <laughs> like the only thing is, I was like, what? Well, like, if you want to talk about like. Ref like in the no it's references. So meta. Is <laughs> so meta. Is wild. Nick Cage as Superman fighting a giant spider. Like there's a there there is like a a five percent of the audience who watched that in the theater who immediately had to turn with whoever they brought to this like, movie. Oh. What you don't understand, the thing is this is a thing that a guy wrote and you know the guy from Clerks, and he did like it would be such a long. This is the guy from Clerks, and then he went on to go make Wild Wild West, and Wild Wild West did have a big spider. <laughs> You're like, why are you still talking? Right? <laughs> it's how would you make a scene for that fan? I mean, just I, to make the experience of watching the movie worse. <laughs> well, I feel like you just. It works, I find, because it's just Spider-Man fighting a big spider. But if you know, you know, and it's fun, and it's like, yeah, but, but you can't, if you don't know, you have to say Adam West, Christopher Reeves, George Reeve, Michael Keaton. Why is Nicolas Cage in this movie? <laughs> like, you just, there's no way not to be completely confounded by that well, if you don't know. I guess. It was. It was. It would be awesome in an animated, straight to DVD. Sure. Movie. Did I tell you the other thing? Did we talk about this on the show that there's multiple Spider Verses in existence? Yes, we did. We yeah, yeah, that yeah exactly. That's it. I was. I was trying to be like. I was like, wait. I was like, I wanted to know like the the spots that were going to be different. Didn't remember. It's long. It's two hours long. Uh, doesn't oh. feel like it. Like like breezes breezes by. The the big bummer. Is that it ends on a like on a full cliffhanger, like a to a, be continued. Yeah, like it ends on a to be continued, like uh, like it 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 ends like Empire, where you're yeah. like you're like things are not going well for our heroes, but like there's a sliver of hope, you know. Oh, like the last thing about the Flash is there is an extended there's a clip after the credits. Yeah. That makes no sense at all. It's what? not additive. What does it's, it do? Barry Allen stumbles out of a bar with Aquaman. And Aquaman's wasted. And Barry's like, I, I can't get truck. My, my metabolism burns through it too fast. Mm-hmm. And Aquaman is like, um, and he falls in a puddle. And he's like, this is where I live now. He's like, no, but my place is just right here. I'll, I'll get you back. Go get me more beer. Fade to black. It's like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> I mean, I guess go see Aquaman because yeah, go see he's drunk Aquaman because he's still in the DCU. Yeah, we haven't released that movie yet. Yeah, and apparently, supposedly he's also him and him and Gal Gadot are the only safe ones, right? Is it the sure? Like, okay, I, I don't, whatever. I'm just saying, but like he actually will get to be Aquaman supposedly in the Gunniverse, whatever it's going to be. 
Uh, also, ha- uh, hats off to Spider-Verse for nothing in the credits, man. No mid-credit, no post-credit, nothing. Nice credit sequence, uh, like where they really just yeah. lean in more into the crazy animation. And I was like, yeah. And they would, and the film producers were like, yes, yeah, it's, it's so dumb that you hear a superhero movie and you just have to have a stinger or a mid-credit sequence or whatever. They were like, especially for this one, though, we were like, it's a to-be-continued. We already set the next one up. <laughs> like it's like we don't need a teaser to get you in. We literally ended. The last words you see on screen are "to be continued." We can't be like, "Oh, someone came out of the manhole" or whatever the fuck. No, come to the next one. I, I agree with them, but if after the credits finished, the whole credits were done, they just played in its entirety the full fifteen minutes of the nineteen sixty seven episode where Spider Man fights the chameleon. <laughs> Nothing added to it. Nothing changed. Just a nice full restoration <laughs> that everyone would sit through. I mean, I will. I will also tell you that there is a moment at the like Spider Nexus thing where boy do a lot of Spider Men point at each other. <laughs> <laughs> but imagine they just played that whole episode. Yeah. No alterations. No changes. Just like here's a little bonus for you who stuck around. Just watch no, this cartoon. Point. <laughs> Uh, it's great. I also like, yeah, like I said, I definitely watch it. I think it's out on VOD uh, now, now or next week. So maybe by next episode, you could. I'll watch uh, it with the kiddo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I'm it. You could have tracked it down. I love the fact that, like, the Spider Gwen's universe is, like, genuinely a different animation style than Miles's. Like, in, in addition to, like, obviously all over, mm-hmm. all over the animation spectrum. It's nuts with what with what they do in the animation, but just like yeah, her thing is different because like she's a lot more of the focal point character for a lot of it, and so like her soundtrack is all like punk and stuff. Great. Like, just again, super good. Like and like with like good good punk tracks like cut in whatever like much like Miles is hip hop. Like it's yeah. like that that's that's how it goes. And then when they're like when they're like New York City like Earth Forty Two, it's like and just like like right back into hip hop, and you're like yay. When you understand how much. The music can just let you know. Just do storytelling. Mm-hmm. It's so good. It's so fun. But yeah, exactly. That's it. It's like, like literally, like back in Earth Forty Two. There's like a cut or whatever. Like at one point, like Sarah was just sort of like, "Wait, that was the introduction." Like, I thought we were into the movie, and I'm like, somehow the first like fifteen to twenty minutes just setting Gwen up is like, now the movie's starting. It's it's, it's a lot of fun. I I my my one wish is like I said that it it had some kind of a conclusion. It really was like, oh, cool. I just watched half of the big yeah. movie. Like, it really it really doesn't end. And I was like, I feel that... I mean, and I guess when you already have the second movie greenlit it in the road, because like I said, that's, it's Empire, right? Like, right. that's... Like, if you... Like, I can only imagine... Like, I never waited for Return of the Jedi. <laughs> like... I was a little too young to be too affected by that. Like, I... Like, I saw... Empire at a drive-in when I was a kid, but I must have been four or five years old. So, and even think... then, Jedi is eighty-three. So, if you saw Empire at the drive-in, you were like two, one. It's isn't it eighty-one, eighty? Yeah, but at a drive-in, it was almost repertory. So yeah, but th- but then that might have meant that Jedi was 
shortly after. And then yeah. again, as an as an, I'm sure when you actually remember, I mean, as a kindergarten aged kid, then like they were all time there. is time is not a factor. Yeah, exactly. What happens but, next? Uh, well, whatever. Yeah, exactly. That's it. But I mean, like I like as as a kid, like at whatever age I saw Star Wars first, the age that I remember watching Star Wars, Jedi was always right there for me to. Plug like in, pop or, in the VCR, or run to the video store and grab it. Oh, uh, we we taped them. When I say popped in, we didn't. We did a tape to tape. They were, it was, <laughs> we did. I, there was no way my parents were going to rent Star Wars again and again and again. The amount that we were watching, and I used to watch that. I used to watch the Star Wars movies like once a week. Like, I rented Transformers the movie <laughs> for a dollar every weekend for like four years <laughs> until I went to the video store and was like can I just buy the tape? And he was like 10 bucks. And I was like, son of a bitch. You, <laughs> you're a, you're a bad man, Mr. Video <laughs> store owner. I mean, I paid him 10 bucks and I took the tape home, but I, I paid him $200 to watch that movie. Yeah, I, thought, I thought you were going to say something like heartwarming where they were like, it's already yours, Scott. It's already <laughs> yours. No, no. He charged me 10 bucks for that tape. Asshole. And I don't know why he he said ten bucks because that was a guaranteed moneymaker. <laughs> exactly. You're gonna be like, no, there's special regulations. You don't get to own it. See you again next week. <laughs> <laughs> At the same time, he's probably like, God, man. He's like, this is so much paperwork. Fifty-two weeks flogging this, rewinding it. <laughs> <laughs> I can free up this space on the shelf for a movie that maybe someone else will want to watch. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, yeah, we the what were the other movies we had on tape, like like rented and taped. Top Gun, we had a tape to tape. Top Gun. How did your very religious mother deal with the very homoerotic Top Gun? She liked Tom Cruise. <laughs> she only saw manly men being manly. <laughs> That's what boys do. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but yeah, no, my mom always like Tom Cruise was one of her like heartthrobs. She was like, she thought he was always a good-looking. Like she watched all the Tom Cruise movies. He's he's charming. I guess. I never thought he was that like that good looking though. Like didn't he even he probably had a sexiest man alive at some point. Yeah, for sure. Like and I that I don't get it. Are you looking it up? I'm like, gonna look when, it up. See. When was Tom Cruise? I, I'm sure it's more than one. That's so weird. I, like I said, I find he's like classically good looking, like no questions asked. But I don't see him like heartthrob style. I don't think it's heartthrob. I think it's just he's. He's got a charisma to him. I don't... Yes. I think we know a little bit too much about his, now. his life now <laughs> yeah. to like have that. But before all of that came Which, out... Yeah, this is all in the 80s. Like, like Cocktail and Risky Business and... Top Gun. Top Gun, Days of Thunder. Legend. If you want to get... Eh, <laughs> if you want to get sensitive, there's Born on the Fourth of July. He showed his range. You know? It's Born on the Fourth of July and Rain Man. Yeah. Jerry Maguire. That's a... That's a charisma-driven dra- movie. Yeah. Sarah saw, Sarah saw Barbie. Did she like Barbie? She did. She it, it, looks, was, it looks fun. She said it was a lot of fun. She said it was more... Um, she thought it was more grown-up than she was expecting. <clears throat> uh, also, I mean, there's the, there's the feedback of... It is, not, uh, it is not subtle in any way, shape, or form. It is a slap you in the face. Here's what's wrong with the patriarchy and whatnot and it's a, a strong like but like n- with no no subtlety at all at all at all at all at all it is like the the setup is basically in barbie land 
uh, all of the Kens are stay-at-home Kens because only Barbie has a job. Yep. Right? And uh, Barbie then starts to get, uh, like, the whole scene that you see in the trailer to being like, do you guys ever think about death? And they're all like, what? And the idea is is that, like, every Barbie in Barbie land is, like, someone's Barbie. Okay. <laughs> so most Barbies just lead, like, a super idyllic life, right? Because they're just, like, living out the fantasy, being played with by little girls. And it gets sort of, like, revealed that Barbie, uh, like, the Barbie of the movie, um, is, like, I don't know the exact details because, again, I didn't see it. But, like... <clears throat> Her owner is, like, going through, like, a thing with her mother, and, like, it's her mom's old toy, and her mom is, like, having it again while her mom is having, like, a shit time at work or whatever. So it's, like, okay. it's like basically, like, she's not being played with correctly, and this is now giving her this, like, existential crisis, which gets her into leave Barbie land right. to go to the real world, and then, obviously, like, that, that becomes... The, the the mother character grows, the daughter character grows, Barbie grows. They also see how awful the real world is when the patriarchy, and then they go back and they kind of fix Barbie Land to be like, everybody should be equal because like Barbie Land was like a matriarchy, so it was like mm-hmm. we could be better also. So man, I'm looking at this sexiest man alive list from people. Okay, and it is there's some wild wild names on this list so how many times has Tom Cruise been only once okay and which year 1990 so that's okay. a Days of Thunder yeah I was gonna cocktail. say that, I feel that that's peak peak yeah. Cruise he is he is wedged between Sean Connery and Patrick Swayze okay and I get Swayze and even even late 80s Connery he's still a little too old like has Connery only had it once? Hang on a second. When did they start? When did this list? Nineteen eighty-five. Okay. Nineteen eighty-five. It's Mel Gibson. So I, b- prime, prime Mel Gibson. Yeah. I feel that Connery in like an eighty-nine is a legacy win though, because they only started the list in eighty-five. Like Connery should have got in the sixties for 007, right? Like that's yeah. that's like genuinely when Sean Connery was the sexiest man alive was when he was James Bond. Eighty-nine, he was still like a handsome silver fox. Sure. Type, yep. but I'm like, but that's a legacy. He that's was, a legacy move. He was 59 years old at the time of that. Yeah, that's what I said. I said it's a legacy win because if the list had been started in the 60s, he already would have had it. Yeah, but hang on, let me get through this list here because okay. you're going to see the prestige of being named sexiest man alive. Going to take a lot of hits here. Uh, 85, Mel Gibson. 86, Mark Harmon. Who's Mark Harmon? You know the face if you don't know the name. That's Mark Harmon there. I'm showing him a picture. Okay. He is an actor who is most known for, like, crime TV, NCIS. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 1987, Harry Hamlin. I don't know who Harry Hamlin is. Who is most known for having, like, a real weird face and being in Clash of the Titans in the 80s. Sexiest man alive, man. Um, Wow. Not 1988, JFK Jr. Okay. Then followed by Sean Connery, Tom Cruise, Patrick Swayze. 1992, Nick Nolte. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm Googling 1992 Nick Nolte. Like, what did 1992 know about Nick Nolte? Because like, we can only imagine Meltface. He Nolte. was already 51 years old at that point. So. Oh, my God. Like... This is not like Beachbody. Look at the look at Nick Nolte, the cover of the Sexiest Man Alive. That's like, like who did he beat out for that? 
strong, sensitive, and squared away at last. He's a man's man that women can't resist. Followed Nick Nolte, um, Richard Gere and Cindy Crawford were named sexiest couple alive. Okay. So right. Richard Gere in 93, that's, that's fine. It's pretty that's, women, uh, but that's also that's, that's pretty that's, Biggest movie on the planet, pretty much. 1994 is Keanu Reeves. Yeah! Which I'm here for, but I also think that's a pretty wild wild choice for... Um, I, I, you know what? I think he was a dark horse, and I appreciate the, the, yeah. the thing. Uh, we get into some, some, some like, all-stars for the next... Uh, 95 is Brad Pitt. 96 is Denzel. 97 is George Clooney, like mm-hmm. Pete Clooney. Uh, 98, 56-year-old Harrison Ford. Okay. Uh, Hey, mumbles. And that's like Sabrina, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> don't like that. That's that's um. Air Force One. I did not commit murder. I'm a uh, fugitive. The fugitive. Yeah, Harrison yeah. Ford. Uh, Ninety nine. Richard Gere again, at fifty. I mean, People Magazine telling you a lot about their readership. <laughs> uh, Two thousand. Brad Pitt again. Two thousand one. The new James Bond. Pierce Brosnan. Uh-huh. 2002, Ben Affleck. 2003, Johnny Depp. 2004, Jude Law. 2005, McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. Okay, this isn't bad. I feel the only... Nolte seems to be the only one that's wildly out of place. Clooney again in, 90, in 06. Matt Damon in 07. Hugh Jackman in 08. Johnny Depp again in 09. Ryan Reynolds in 2010. Because hey. I guess the dudes were buying Sexiest Man Alive. I suppose. Uh, uh, Bradley Cooper in 2011, Channing Tatum, that's Magic Mike. Yeah. Adam Levine follows oh, no. up in 2013. Disagree. It's, it's, that's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chris Hemsworth comes back, David Beckham, Dwayne The Rock Johnson in 2016. See, I don't find he sexy. At, like, at all. <laughs> like, ever. Charming, I can get. Charismatic, again. Yeah. It's just power of personality there but like sex what kind of date are you going on with the rock yeah he's taking you to the gym and he's gonna give you a low carb boiled chicken breast let's get huge 2017 blake shelton no that that's just all kinds of no. weird like they just gwen stefani's people just paid for that pushed real hard for that <laughs> Every, uh, i feel that i feel that a lot of a lot of blake shelton's pr is just trying to justify that he's Somehow married to Gwen Stefani, <laughs> pulled Gwen Stefani away from uh, from Gavin S- Rossdale, who like <laughs> who gave up his career to take care to of their kids. kids, and it genuinely could be the sexiest man alive in any given year in the nineties. Yep. <laughs> like, uh, twenty eighteen, Idris Elba. I'm, yeah. I'm there for that. Twenty nineteen, another wild turn into John Legend. No, also not sexy. Right. <laughs> I guess, but like his voice, right? Like yeah, sure. He's singing romantic songs, but he's also just a little baby man. Kind of a little dweeby dude, yeah. Uh, 2020, super sexy gentleman, Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. That guy is there. 2021, Paul Rudd. Also, I remember that, <laughs> and I agree. <laughs> That's Sarah, is Paul Rudd sexy? Yeah. Is he the sexiest man alive? She's thinking. She says, always had a crush Again, I think that's a, like a cumulative thing where people were 20 and then they looked at him when he was 50 and was just like, he's still exactly the same. He's doing okay. And that huge Mac and Me following. Yeah. <laughs> with a tap. Paul Red is like 100% okay. And 2022, last year, Chris Evans was 
A little late for Evans, little, I feel. A little late for Evans, but he also got to like stretch a little bit and be like comedic, charming. I suppose. Kind of roles. There's, there's some wild Blake, Blake Shelton. How did that happen? So twenty. So here I have a transition coming up. This is gonna be great. This is a layup. So 2023. Yep. Does Keanu make the list a second time as now old man Keanu on the on the back of John Wick Four? Not on the back of John Wick Four. No. No, but I'm mean, like coming like not on the back of, but like we're like we've now like like John Wick has now presented us like sexy old man Keanu. Right, because his first time he was like young upstart Keanu in the early '90s. You're talking like Point Break Keanu, <laughs> Dracula Keanu when he got his <laughs> '90s nod. Is is he now like he's almost sexiest boy alive in the '90s? Yeah. But now he's like sexiest. Like who's the front runner for this year? Uh, I mean Keanu, Keanu for 2023. It's I'll tell you who it's not going to be. <laughs> it's Nolte. not going to be Ezra Miller. Oh. Nick Nolte has a better chance than Ezra. <laughs> 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 could be Gosling, actually, off of Barbie. It could be Gosling. Yeah, yeah. he's he's, he has, he's not there yet. He hasn't had it, and he's and he's he's maybe due. He's got to join the esteemed ranks of Harry Hamlin and Nick Nolte <laughs> and fifty-nine-year-old Sean Connery. If, if there's one thing that I know bothers Ryan Gosling is that Ryan Reynolds has been <laughs> done something like <laughs> that he hasn't achieved yet, and he's like, damn it. I'm the other Canadian Ryan, the more talented one. How does Reynolds already have it? <clears throat> so, yeah, you saw John Wick 4. I saw John Wick 4. And? I really like John Wick 4. so good. I <laughs> did not expect to enjoy it as much as I did. And I should have because I am a very big fan of Donnie Yen. Mm -hmm. And he is just great. In Everything is great. The the ev the mu <laughs> we were talking about it before how the music can set a scene and the music was so instrumental in in music music adding, was amazing adding to every scene. Um, <clears throat> the the opening scene in the the Tokyo Continental like yep. is is just like I was like a, I remember watching it and like and I looked at Sarah and I looked at my watch and I was just sort of like we're like half an hour into the movie she's like what <laughs> she's like a that did not feel like half an hour <laughs> nothing has happened like other than john wick is like i need your help uh oh bad guys <laughs> and then it's just like an, un like an unbelievably long action scene that the movie like doesn't like blow its wad it has like it has more to give like it's not like yep. oh and then it's downhill from there you're like no it's it's like fury road in its pacing like it, it was like that samurai movie where he just fights <laughs> fights people for two hours. For two hours straight. <clears throat> yeah, like it's it has really, really follows the pacing of Fury Road, I found, where it's like there's only a couple of little breathing rooms and then it's like and now we're back on the Fury Road of everybody trying to mm. kill <laughs> to kill John Wick. Donnie Yen is fantastic. The I can't I can't believe how good Donnie Yen still is. And, like, does something you don't really, you know, or at least I haven't seen, like, a Donnie Yen. Like, like the blind fighting is the choreography, you're, you're it looks great, but mm -hmm. then the second, like, movie watching you thinks about, like, how did they choreograph this fight scene? Donnie Yen is doing such complicated choreography, never Not looking at the guy that he's working with. <laughs> like, like, I don't care how, like... How many tricks you have in special effects and mirrors or whatever? He's still doing really tight choreography, not looking at the guy that he's working with. Like, 
Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. The other one, uh, obviously, we, like, we, like, we talked about it on the show, the, the, the Warriors. DJ at the end. The Warriors DJ is, is amazing. Like, there's the French, the, like, which also, in my mind, makes perfect sense that the film The Warriors happens in, like, the John Wickverse. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. You know, like, yeah, it's yeah. super stylized. Like, gangs just arbitrarily take over the city for a night and stuff. Like, that could happen in the John Wickverse, and you're mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah, that's... Everyone's part of it. Like, everyone's it's the same thing in, in Paris when the call goes out. Just everyone just shows up all of a sudden. Exactly, it, which is, that's what I said. I feel like Warriors is in, in canon. Is yep. in the, cause, and, like, I mean, it was, you know, like, it was... Paris and not LA, but like, but that call out, that special radio station just for gangs. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's John Wick shit. Like, and the Warriors just takes takes it to say like, oh yeah, this happened in New York in the eighties. Was the night that uh, what's his name died? The the can you dig it guy? Whatever his name was, dang, blanking. <coughs> Gets shot, yeah, and, and triggers the events of the yeah, Warriors. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, easily. Easily in the John Wick verse that every per- every person in yeah, New York it totally makes Lawrence Fishburne that guy's successor, kind of. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. it. It's like, yeah, he's just he's the gang guy. That's fine. It's so good. the The fight up the steps, the fight up the steps. Even my wife was like, "Oh fuck, fucking it!" <laughs> when it happened, <laughs> like as, when like halfway through that scene when he gets thrown down the stairs and just keeps falling in an Andy Samberg hot rod. It's so <laughs> Just funny. keeps going. And she was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> they were like, this is like a super epic, like, it, it's like also like a famous staircase or whatever. In Paris. Yeah, I've got a great picture yeah. of it when that's, I went to That's Paris. what they were saying. They are like, when we got it as a location, we're like, this is going to be epic. And then they were just sort of like, what happens when they get to the top? He falls down and they do it again. <laughs> like, yes. Uh, um, the addition, the addition of Mister Nobody, was not a thing that I w- would have anticipated or predicted that I would have been a hundred percent behind by the end of the movie. Yeah, just like another, like a another top tier guy, who's but independent, independent, not Donnie Yen and not John Wick. Well, yeah, uh, that's it. Well, yeah, because I mean, well. Donnie Yen is still working for the syndicate or whatever that yeah, is. Yeah, but like Donnie Yen, just like going into that movie, you're like, okay, you've got all-time Hong Kong chopsaki great Donnie yeah. Yen. And you've got Keanu Reeves, who's and then a million, what, eight, and eight movies into eight of two franchise of kung fu movies. Yeah, yeah. And then this other random guy who's not an actor that I know. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this guy's going to be a pain in the ass to watch. And I was like, fucking hey, he's a, a, I'm 100% on board with him being in this movie. I liked him a lot. It was wild. I feel that there's, there's a lot of, I mean, so big spoilers, obviously, for John Wick 4 is that supposedly he dies, or does he? Like, Keanu Reeves is, is tight-lipped about it. The movie leads yeah. you to believe that he is dead at the end of it. But they've said that they were like, they apparently wrote it in such a way that it could be the ending. They also wrote it, I think, clearly with Aya Nakamura's character and Mr. Nobody that, like, yep. they, they made two characters that have arcs that they could expand it out with. And then apparently, like Keanu said, that he was like, if, if it's good and it makes sense, he's like, I'm not opposed to it. But he's like, I'm also didn't want to, like, I didn't want to go into it knowing that I, six months from now we start five or whatever. He was like, it could be the end. It could not be. Yeah. And they could easily have, like, because like, the only way out is dead, and but he also could have just faked his death and 
That's the the other only way out. Yeah, it's a, well, that, faking which death. everybody would cover for him because they know, like, like they've established across the four films that you don't get out ever, right? Like that's how yeah. they get Donnie Yen. Donnie Yen was out, quote unquote. But mm-hmm. if like if they need you, they'll find a way. If as long as you have loved ones, they'll just screw you over. So mm-hmm. the only way out would be faking your own death. So I think that could be kind of fun. Is potentially do something with nobody or the Ayanakamura character, and then. Oh, uh, reveal maybe Wick in the third act or something. That could be like also maybe like yeah. light lighter on Keanu's b- body. Body <laughs> just getting destroyed. The the car chase scene in La Cercle in around the Arc de Triomphe. Yes, was all Keanu. He was the stunt driver. For yeah, that. the well, reason they ripped off both car doors was to make sure you could always see. Yeah, that's Keanu Reeves behind the wheel. Yeah. <clears throat> Although it does beg the question. So there's, like I said, the two, the two elements of John Wick 4 that are like, I'm here for it, it's an action movie, and neither one of these detracted for me. One is, like I said, they've thrown the concept of even trying to be realistic out the window. Mm-hmm. Like, like one was already like stretching thin what is, what is and what isn't possible. This is like 50-year-old John Wick falls out of a building for two stories. Like, ow! Oh. <laughs> And then just gets up and kind of has a bit of a limp, and then is okay by the next scene. Like he falls monstrous distances multiple times in the film. Forty feet down, lands halfway on a van. Yeah, like, bunk, uh, limps away and is back in fighting condition by the next one. Uh, and also, yeah, like the bu- they take the stupid bulletproof jackets to an absurd level. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> just like ding 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 ding. And you're just like there's still material. There's like. There'd be concussive force here, like, at the very least. We're not saying somehow bullets can't penetrate them. That's one thing. But it'd still suck. Uh, so it yeah, would that's still w- knock you out a lot of the time. Yeah. Like, get hit in the hands also. Like, <laughs> you're just holding the little jacket like a shield. Insanity. Like I said, just don't care about being realistic. And in the realm of also don't care about being realistic, we're like, at four movies in, who are these people that still think they can kill John Wick? Like, when they put the call out in Paris and everyone's like, let's go, I'm like, why? I'd be like, yo, I know what happens in every city this guy shows up in. So many people get hit by cars in that movie. <laughs> so many people. But, like, the, the what do you call it? Like, the, 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 the vaguely Eastern European gangster guy who, mm-hmm. like, tries to, to – is it, is it Winston, Nobody, and Wick at the table? Or is it just Nobody – It's Nobody, Wick. Donnie, and – Wick. Yeah. Winston's not there. Yeah, Winston's not there, and nobody's at the table at, at and the car dealer. The gold tooth. Yeah, the gangster guy. guy. Yeah. But that's it. But like, why are the gangster guys like, yes, now, double crossing John Wick will go perfect. You're <laughs> <laughs> just like, because. My, my, my favorite thing about this is how bystanders do not care. Oh, yeah, the party just keeps going. The party keeps going. Traffic doesn't stop. People are getting hit by cars. It's fair to say at least 10 people get hit by a car Probably. in that same intersection. Yeah, yeah. And no one stops. No one pulls over. They just, no, no one stops going to La Cercle. <laughs> they, <laughs> they are still coming in and out of that circle. The dance party at the German. Yeah. Well, I, 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 love, that, I love that. It, but the best part, though, is that, again, it really reminds me of, again, to pull it back to the Warriors. It's just like, yeah, like that's like the universe. And. Like, even the dance party. The dance party does stop when the owner dies. Then everyone's like, what? 
You know, like like oh yeah, like a shootout. I'm I'm dancing at the gangster club. Yeah, shit going to happen. There there could be a shootout and people get killed or whatever else like that. When the owner dies, then it becomes chaos because they're like, uh oh, turn the water off. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They're like like, but up until the owner dies, all all levels of violence are fine. Everybody's. Just I like I like to think it's just the DJ being like, I'm not getting paid anymore. I'm going home. <laughs> Whoop, <laughs> just back to this thing. I mean, I don't know if he did he take the the Daft Punk Tron. Lesson being like, oh, wait, there's a fight? Kick it up a notch. Kick it up a notch. I'm glad you liked it. It was, uh, I was also, I mean, which one was so-so? Two? Like, I think it was better than two and three. What's the Halle Berry one? Two. Three is the Halle Berry one. Three. And yeah, I think three was probably the low point. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that had. Two was the, I am out. No, you're not. You have to do one more job for me. I have a marker. Yeah, 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 and your marker was good when you were out, but you just killed a bunch of guys. So yes, I guess yeah, you're yeah, back. I like two. Uh, two is fine. Yeah, no, three, three. Is, I mean, three is also fine, but like three, three just had like a lot of like character plot points for people that weren't John, and and also a lot of like where four does like I said like the Fury Road thing. Like three had a lot of downtime, yeah. like a lot of downtime. Like whereas four is just like everybody's after John. Start movie. <laughs> that does not change. I mean, the DJ in four did do that. Look, he's still going. Going to kick up the notch. No more classic rock. We're putting on justice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, no. Like the, the Paris DJ. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, like, like, this is still going on. I may have, I'm, like I said, I think that like both, both the, uh, the clear like Warriors disc jockey reference and the justice like needle drop. I think I actively like in the in the Wee. theater, like just like, <laughs> like gasp and clapped, like like not like a full like applause, but just like one clap. Like I'm like this is for me. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I know you're making John Wick four for everybody, but these this is this is for Keith. <laughs> like I'm like you're in, like even like I remember like nudging Sarah. I was just sort of like oh you're you have John Wick movies set in Paris, and like you can just imagine like while they're like working at the soundtrack, someone's like. Yeah, but just this. And everyone's like, yeah. yeah. Like, John Wick's fighting. Call him, call him, call him. John Wick's fighting in Paris. Can we play just this? Yes, we can. That's super on brand. Same. I did the same thing with Riss. I was like, that's just this. It's great. <laughs> it's like a remix, but it's it's him. It's there. Uh, uh, is, is that it? I think that's when I mean, this has been an hour. Do we have nice. any, any press thing pressing? Anything else that you want to get in that's time sensitive? I mean, uh, time sensitive? No, this is a great episode. You should listen to it. And if you want to just hear the weird well, other I'm, stuff. I was going to say, I, I think tune into Garbage Time where we're going to hear about the Highland Games. Yeah, yeah. I think that's... It's garbage timey. If you haven't subscribed to Garbage Time, go to patreon.com slash 95cc. Subscribe to Garbage Time where you will get to hear Scott talk about the Highland Games, the most important festival that happened this weekend in Montreal. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> I made my choice. <laughs> You made your choice for like decades, twelve years. Oof. Bye. Listen, man. We all know that you pressed stop on your podcast player like thirty seconds ago, as soon as you heard the outro music. And the only reason you're possibly listening to this is because you're like jogging or something. 
and your phone is in your pocket and you can't stop me from talking. Uh, I'll keep this short and sweet. Uh, we put in a lot of work on this website. Uh, if you do want to support us financially, we're kind of reworking the whole structure over there. But if you do want to support us financially, you can head to patreon.com slash 9to5cc. Um, and if you don't want to support us financially, maybe you could just tell your friends about the show. And if you don't want to support us at all, I don't even know how you're possibly listening to this at the end of that episode. Bye. 905.cc. Podcasts, blogs, and comics. Made in Montreal since 2011.